What is good, mi gente? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. And it's your boy, Big Botón, in La Casa, bringing you another episode, which I know the past two have been different names and all that good stuff, but Tone Deaf, a Mets podcast is how we rockin', it's the label, shout out to the homie from Shane and Sons, Keith, for giving me the design for the podcast logo, and shout out to Till Mets Do His Part for giving me the shout out on their pod, and shout out to the other good pods like Amish, the Amish Country Mets fan, uh, you have the Interstate Mets Report, which he's a part of with CPNY Sports. And then, you know, you also got uh, Go On with your Subway to Shea. You know, a lot of big things happen in the Mets community, and, and I want to keep that going. So, with, without further ado, let's talk some baseball. Why not? It's been a minute. So, since we last spoke, I know you heard 84 wins was my magic number before any of these two recent signings that we've had. And then the two signings happened. Harrison Bader, the one for ten and a half. And Sean Manaya, the one plus one. Pretty much, uh, what was it, for 28? So, he's getting 14 per. And, ladies and gents, I, I like these moves. I like these moves a lot. If there's one thing that was preached since Stearns walked in the door, it was run prevention. Nimmo is not a run prevention specialist. Has he made great plays? Yes. But he struggles in center field. He sh- his arm is, is, is weaker than most. It's just not a guy you want full-time in center field. Love the guy. Think he's a good player. All that good stuff. He puts up good numbers. But here, here comes Harrison Bader to come take over center field. While he has a lot left to be desired with the bat and his health, you know, he's also a guy that we saw in 2022 show out, absolutely carry the New York Yankees in the playoffs on the way to the ALCS more than any other player did. So he stepped up to the bright lights. We saw a guy who shone, shone shined, whatever, shined in St. Louis as a corner. He just always got hurt, and that was his downfall. But good old death as we have it, that's where Tyrone Taylor steps in. You keep a guy off day. Play a little center, bump Nemo back in the center, which I although I think Nemo will stay at left. And and it's nothing but it's nothing but good vibes for me right now. Marte's looking to right in the Dominican Winter League. And and outfield outfield set. Outfield set. Will we have like the Teoscar Hernandez? Sure. Sure. Is is more of a DH than an outfielder, so you know Harrison Bader feels a need. And and for those who haven't been up on Twitter, the Mets are still Looking for a DH, which is music to my ears because I firmly believe we need a number five hitter, somebody to protect Pete. Because as you see with the Olsons of the world and, and, and the power, great power hitters, which Pete is, but the more protection you give, the more dangerous a lineup, uh, the more dangerous of a lineup you have around them, the better production you'll get as an all around hitter. And I think that's evident throughout all of baseball, uh, throughout all of history. No, as great as a power hitter is, without any help, he's that much better when he has an insane roster behind him, or insane lineup behind him, I should say. Or protection, not insane, but but protection. The Freddie Freemans of the world have protection. The Matt Olsons of the world has protection. You want to talk about the judges of the world? Sure, go ahead. You could do that. Uh, 
you know, but 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 the examples are there. The examples are there. <clears throat> so, with that said, man, I, I'm a fan of the Harrison Bader move. Uh, I do think that sums it up for the outfield. I think that's what we're going to see. So, for some of us, I know we were sitting here and and I was speculating that Jeff McNeil was starting left field with one day at second. So, now this firmly plants Jeff McNeil at second. While now we have, what, five outfield options uh, between Marte, Taylor, Nemo, Bader, and uh, DJ Stewart. <clears throat> and that's not to mention if a guy like a Trace Thompson... Uh, uh, shows out in spring training, uh, which I know he had one really good season. So who knows? Who knows what that brings? So the options are there, and and I, I think that's what Stearns wanted—the flexibility. But the bigger news that came out of the outfield stuff: our boy Drew Gilbert. Drew Gilbert will start the season in Triple A. I'm a firm believer because of Bader's health that Drew Gilbert will be here. By the 2024 All-Star break. If not. Probably be up in August. For sure. But. if I think if there's one guy that I'm most excited to see. Out of anybody. Uh, besides Ryan Clifford. Because I think Ryan Clifford has, has a very nice swing. Uh, powerful swing. And, and could could slot in as a as a D8. In a DH type role. Um, perfectly fine. Especially being able to spell in the corner outfields. In first base. Um. Drew Gilbert, I think, is, is the prized possession of the crown jewel of last year's trade deadline. Uh, somebody that Astros fans did not want to part with, and for good reason. So I'm excited, ecstatic, ecstatic, ecstatic to see what Drew Gilbert does uh, in AAA. Hopefully he puts up the numbers, hopefully he stays healthy, and he'll be up here. Split time with Harrison Bader because Bader's on a one-year deal. So we'll see how that works out. So the next signing I want to talk about, because it's been a minute, and then I'll go into my little ranting. Sean Maniah. Sean Maniah is a very, very interesting signing. And I want to express something here. Remember when we got Bassett, but before we got Bassett, there was two pitches that every Met fan thought of. Sean Maniah or Frankie Montas. Nobody thought about Chris Bassett. If you did, kudos to you. You're, you're, you're a savant of all savants. But we want to show Mania for a reason. Because Sean Mania is a good pitcher. When Sean Mania left Oakland, he was a coveted pitcher. Granted, in San Francisco, for whatever reason, the numbers didn't align. It didn't come together for him except for the second half of last year. After he got relegated to bullpen duties, we saw this guy's fastball go from 92 miles per hour to 94, 95, 96, 97.2. And he developed a sweeper. At 31, going on 32, if I'm not mistaken. You know, for a guy to develop that type of speed, goes to show you how much a pitching lab does wonders for a player. And I know Mets fans don't want to hear me because Mets fans, oh, we don't have the proven guy, whatever it is that you want to say. But for a guy to go... From 92 to averaging 94, 95, topping out at 97 when he's never done that before. I think you guys need to be more open to a pitching lab. And he and this is this is a guy who I've always enjoyed watching when I seen him pitch. I know he's had his struggles, but this is a guy I think will do very well in this in in, in this city in Queens. 
uh, for the Mets at City Field. Uh, more of a pitcher's park. Uh, San Francisco is a pitcher's park as well, too. If I'm not mistaken. But, you know, he'll, he'll do good with the state-of-the-art pitching lab and the continued development, uh, the which we saw Budo and McGill, um, you know, reap the benefits of and Sanger reap the benefits of even more. And and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for this pitching staff. One through five. I'm actually excited about this pitching staff. Miss me with Kodai Senga is not an ace. Miss me with the Kodai Senga is not an ace. But before I get into that, Sherman and I just want to finish this thought. So we just saw, we're seeing Snell wants over 200 mil. I think for six. So he's looking at 30 plus, 30 plus a year. For the two Cy Youngs, we all know how I feel about that. So I put up a stat, uh, a player A, player, player B stat. And I said... How much would you pay player A? How much would you pay player B? Not who was better, but how much would you pay? So player B had his ERA was 0.5 higher. His whip was his whip was 0.002 lower. His walks were two 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 lower two lower walks per nine. Uh, strikeouts, of course, are three three lower per nine, and his FIP was about 0.3 to 0.5 higher. And some people said, without knowing, of course, once you find out the names, you're like, oh, you know, I give that guy, I give him even numbers. But if you don't know the names, people were saying that they would give player A around 28 mil per year and player B, player B they would give about 20, 23 mil a year. The, the, the stats are there. What people said is there, 23, uh, 22, 23 a year. And we got them for, what, 14? Like, that's the type of picture we're talking about. So you gotta look at it without seeing the name, because Mets fans are so stuck on names, because the name is not Yamamoto. So stuck on that, and it, it gets annoying. But Shomanai's body of work is proven for himself. He's a guy who uh, career ERA is about a four. His FIP is around a four. His WHIP is a one point two two three. Um. So what they for me, you know, if you ever heard me talk before, FIP to me is the biggest number that I could see for a pitcher. Best number I could see for a pitcher. Um, it determines if your ERA was by luck or if your ERA was true to who you were. Uh, or, or, or should I say your ERA was bad luck as well? Because I've seen the extremes of a guy's ERA being six point something, but his FIP was at a four. I've seen a guy's ERA be 2.87, but his FIP was at a four. And then you got Sean Manaya. ERA is at a four. FIP's at a four. Because that is, that is who he is. So you know what you're getting. But last year when he came with the... Uh, when the, the velo went up and the sweeper was developed, I think he had one of the top two numbers for all starting pitches in the second half of the season. Sporting around a three ERA. That's that's something you build on, ladies and gents. That is something you build on. So... I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, well, we still need a DH, in my opinion. I still wholeheartedly believe we need a third baseman. Although some people say trust in Beatty. But, hey, that's you more than me. So, it is what it is. I'm still going to watch at the end of the day. Um, but I would love to see a, a, a eighth inning guy. You give me an eighth inning guy and you give me a DH, I'll shut up about Beatty. Um, I feel like I'm the only person who doesn't like Beatty, but, hey. It is what it is. And no, it's not because of Matt Chapman. So don't think that. But that's just how I feel. So a couple things I want to go in, into. 
Um, because I seen that starting, uh, starting when people talk about the starting pitching staff for the Mets, there's a lot of oh, there's a lot of hope involved. Yes, like any starting pitching staff for any team. If you look at the Dodgers, who sport a pitching staff of uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Walker Buehler, and the list goes on and on. What is one thing that the Dodgers have? Or Dodgers fans have to have is hope. I would have loved Yamamoto. I just want to preface it by saying that, but Yamamoto, you have to have hope that Yamamoto adjusts. That Yama, Yama, Yamamoto is in a is a, is in a flameout as soon as he steps on the mound. You have to hope that Walker Bueller stays healthy. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on the rest of their pitching staff. Uh, probably because I'm not I'm not that high on it. But but there's there's a lot of hope that has to go into that pitching staff. For the Dodgers. And that's with any team. And I liken it to the crosstown rivals in the Bronx. When you look at what the Yankees have. Although they just signed Stroman. They have to have hope. They have to hope that Stroman isn't that terrible pitcher at Yankee Stadium that his record shows. They have to hope that Carlos Rodon. Coming off the most innings pitched in his career off San Francisco. Isn't just damaged goods anymore. Although his whole career shows he's damaged goods. But like super bunch damaged type goods. They have to hope. Nestor Cortez is healthy. They have to hope for the development of their pitchers. Of, of the a, more, a, a bigger leap from Schmidt. You know you know what you're getting cold. But, but my point being here. This isn't to bash anybody. But this is to me to say that. Hope is a part of baseball. It's why we watch the game. It's why before the first pitch of the year, while we sit here and we're like, I got a good feeling about this team. Because as you've seen last year, anything that could go wrong could go wrong. But then you've seen for the Diamondbacks, everything that could go right could go right. And we've seen in 2022 with the Mets with the 101 wins. Everything that could go right could go right. So we got to chill on, on the pitching staff and, and trying to... Looking at numbers, because at the end of the day, yeah, Severino got to be healthy. But then we saw Miguel develop, we saw Buda develop, and we don't know what uh, Lucchese, uh put up some decent numbers. Like like Peterson to be coming back uh, healthy. There's upside. There's upside. And I know they're not the sexy names. Uh, I know they're not the 31-year-old Jordan Montgomery on an 8-year, 10-year, 15-year deal. They're not the Blake Snell with the two <laughs> Cy Youngs and, and then the rest of his career is mediocre. I know they're not that. I know they're not that. So, but the thing is that you have to understand, Manaya is living proof of a pitching lab. Tyler McGill towards the end of the year was living proof of a pitching staff, uh, a, a, a pitching lab. Like, these guys are just going to get better and better. That's why a pitching lab was created and implemented. And we see how much it helps players. If you watch clips on Twitter at all, if you have any type of pulse, you see how this, this new data and this new technology helps out pitchers so much. And that's only going to continue and get better. Also, these guys are going to be a year adjusted to, they're going to be a year adjusted to the pitch clock. So we, so I think the league was at almost at the highest they've ever been for total ERA. We've seen a lot of crazy things happen, you know. And I'm a big fan of the pitch clock, by the way. I just want to throw it out there. But guys are gonna adjust. We saw Bassett struggle in the beginning, but he adjusted. 
You know, Lugo, I know, has been a slow type of pitcher, but he adjusted. You know, and and so this year is going to be a, 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 another leap of that. But when it comes to his pitching staff, I just want to say that Cody Sanger is my ace. He should be the opening day starter. He wants to be here. He wanted to be here. And if you want to say, oh, well, batters are going to catch up to him or batters are going to figure him out. The man played, pitched against teams multiple times. They couldn't figure him out. Don't you think, like, like let's, let's put two and two together. Don't you think that if, a, if batters can figure out pitchers, pitchers can't adjust and figure out batters? It's a game of cat and mouse. Saying is my ace. I ain't mad about it. Don't get it twisted. But like I said, there, there's a there's a lot of things. Uh, I feel the Mets. No, not a lot of things, but a few more things that the Mets need. Uh, a eighth inning guy. A Hector Neri is is a guy that that I vouch for. I heard Yadier Rodriguez didn't have the greatest of showing. I don't know how in his uh in his uh workout. I don't know how true that was. Uh, Wandy Parata is, is is a guy that uh, the Mets are looking at. A uh, nice lefty. You know, and um, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Also, not to mention, I think the game might be changing a little bit. Uh, you know, the Cubs got three lefties uh, in that starting rotation, if I'm not mistaken. And the Mets are ready with two. And if you add a second lefty to the bullpen, some interesting... interesting I don't know, it's, it's a little... A little sidebar note is that the lefties are coming up. The Blake Snells, the Jordan Montgomery's, the Eduardo Rodriguez are all free agents. I, think, oh, I don't know, man. Lefties might be the new rage uh, full-time, you know. And not just hoping our, our pitching staff is right-handed heavy with just one lefty. You know, guys got to figure out to pitch to everybody. I don't care if a righty smash, uh, mash is a lefty. You still got to figure out to pitch to everybody. And I think it's one of the best things that happened to baseball was taking out the lefty specialists because it forced guys to be able to pitch to every single batter, which is what baseball should be. You know, yeah, it might have took a job or two away, and I get it, that sucks, but still, you adjust. It's part of sports, it's part of life. But, you know, with that said, I have high hopes uh, for this Mets squad. I, I was at 84 wins before the signings. I think I'm sitting at 86, especially with the Drew Gilbert news. I'm still interested to see in what trades they possibly make, see if they might add another starter. Uh, I want to see what they decide to do at third base. Um, it's, it's all going to be interesting to me. All, all, it's all so quality stuff. You know, it's starting to get into the nitty-gritty of, uh, of the offseason because I believe next <laughs> part of next month, is uh, everybody reports towards the end of next month? Am I bugging? Yeah, yeah. Pitching the catchers report. And baseball will be back. So I just want to throw this out there. Uh, once again, I, I don't want to make this. I, I know that everything, all these podcasts are opinionated, but I just want to say this. If you are a person who plagiarizes people's content, and post it as your own to build yourself up. You are one of the worst type of sports people there are in this world. If you are one of those people who take somebody's words 
and reposting in your own words and then tags a guy for your own content. You know, worst type of people. It's it's, it's kind of it's kind of corny and it's getting redundant to see it. Writers do it, but you know, build yourself organically. Build yourself with your own thoughts. Build yourself. You know, for example, if somebody says, "Ah, uh, the Mets are interested in Carlos Delgado," I'm just throwing out there. Say John Heyman says the Mets are interested in Carlos Delgado. Don't repost that the Mets are interested in Carlos Delgado as per John Heyman. No, say the Mets are interested in Carlos Delgado. I think that this would be a great ad because of this, that, and a third. Or, or you know, his numbers reflect this, and this is what he could do if he played at City or Shea back then. What do you guys think? You know what I mean? Like, like make it your own. Stop the copy and paste game, guys. Stop. It is it's not cool. It's not cute. Uh, whatever it is that you want to call it. We got, we got, we got to be better. We got to be better as sports fans. You know, so like I said, uh, oh, I, I also leave you off with with my updated lineup uh, as of right now. So people are trying to bash me for Francisco Alvarez at two, but I feel like you get runs early, you get runs often, you'll be good. So here's it goes. Here, here's it goes. Wow, that's crazy. Here it goes. At number one, we got Brandon Nimmo playing left field. Number two, we got Francisco Alvarez playing catcher. Number three, Francisco Lindor playing shortstop. Who, by the by the way, if you don't know, uh, is rated number second of all shortstops by MLB Network. But we all know he's number one. So, shim. Number four. Mr. Peter Alonzo, we got the 20 mil arbitration agreement. Interesting to see where this goes with it, with the, with him getting paid. Number five. Now, this is an interesting part. Number five, I when I say I just say DH because you have to trust your DH to have the power. So maybe some Mark Vientos who in half the at-bats had almost the same homers that, uh, as uh, Harold Ramirez, who some Mets are dying for. Uh, maybe some Mark Vientos or maybe it's Jorge Soler. Or maybe somebody they signed with a big bad to trade for a big bad. I don't know. But let's say DH. Just we'll leave that one open. Number six, I think you have a healthy stalling Monte. You put him at number six. Bat to ball skills is amazing. You drive runs in that way. And then it kind of, it kind of, you're not so top heavy and you give you guys some life at the bottom. So behind Monte, you have the light hitting Jeff McNeil, who maybe figures it out in, in, in the, what is it, the odd year, the even year, whatever. Maybe he figures it out, figures it out again. So we have Jack McNeil patting seventh. And number eight and nine, uh, you have Beatty and Bader. Uh, probably Beatty would be eight. Uh, and Beatty would be nine. So subject to change. So that's, that's, that's my nine for right now. But there's a lot of interesting things going on. You know, um, Stern said that they want to keep, they, he pretty much said they want to keep Alonzo. I hope that's true. You know, we hear some of these people, oh, you know, the, because somebody heard that the Cubs wants to trade Morrell for Alonzo. They're running with it now saying that Alonzo wants to play with Chicago, which is kind of corny, which is kind of wild. But it is what it is. It's not for me to say, but Pete Alonzo's here to stay. There's a lot of interesting things going on. Now, like I said, eighth inning guy, third base, and a DH. Not too much for me to ask for, although I'm asking for a lot. It is what it is. But my thing is also, I, I, I just want to throw it out there. And and here's, here's my, my little Matt Chapman rant for uh, the end of the day. I know they're not going to get him, but I'm still going to say it anyway. 
The guy averages around 20, yeah, 27 bombs for two years in a row, and then 17 last year. Go, five-time Gold Glover. Same age as Pete and Francisco and Nimmo. Why not just let him grow with the squad, baby? Let him grow with the squad. We'll figure Mauricio out when it comes, and we'll figure out, uh, you know, the Oconia and Jet Williams situation, too. But I know, I know you guys hate hearing that whenever I mention Matt Chapman, so I had to say it. But anyway, listen, man, you already know what it is. I, I, I spent a lot of time on everything. I'm a one-man show, so, you know, I try to make my thoughts quick because it's easy listen. I appreciate the subscription. Well, not subscription. I appreciate you sub- subscribing. I appreciate the love. Uh, you know, I know people have been asking where I've been. Life is life. You know how that goes. Um, But this one's for you guys. Once again, this is Tone Deaf, a Mets, po- a Mets podcast. We hear my thoughts and only my thoughts. Audio only. There'll be no face here. So it's all good. You can just hear this uh, lovely voice. And once again, shout out to Shay and Sons. Shout out to the Interstate Mets Report. Um, shout out to Till Mets Do His Part. Shout outs to Subway to Shay. Uh, you got, you can follow them all on Twitter. I know Interstate Reports is, uh, with, uh, Amish Country Met Fan and, and CPNY Sports. Uh, Subway to Shay is pretty straightforward. Little fellow Boricua. And Ant running it, doing great things. Uh, you see him on SNY. And Till Mets Do His Part is doing some special things, man. You saw the Terry Collins interview. Uh, you know, it's starting to get bigger and bigger names and, and shout out to them, man, producing quality content. And uh I'm I'm happy to see the mess community thriving right now. You know what I mean? So everybody got their favorite. As long as you throw me in that top ten, man, the mess pods, I, I I'll be alright for my I'll be doing it right for myself. I'll be happy. So once again, it's Tone Deaf and Mets Podcast brought to you by your boy Tone, aka Big Book Tone. And you can follow me on Twitter. At T-O-N-E-D-E-A-F-A-M-P. Tone Deaf A-M-P. Yeah, have a blessed one.